welcome to Author Visits, the podcast where writing is for everyone and writers can be all kinds of ways. I'm your host, Chrissy Wright. I'm a teacher, a writer, and a reader. Each week, I interview a kidlit creator you love. You've heard writing tips from your teacher, but how do real-life authors do things in their everyday writing lives? I ask the honest questions you need to hear the answers to so that you can put real-life writing tips to work in your writing today. Grown-ups are welcome to listen along, but this podcast is for the kids who are going to write us one heck of a future. Writers, today I am thrilled to introduce Kyle Lukoff. Kyle is a picture book writer. He is the author of the picture book, When Aiden Became a Brother. He's also the author of the Call Me Max series of chapter books, and he has some exciting middle grade on the way. Kyle, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Kyle Lukoff, and I spent eight years working as a librarian at an elementary school with kids who were two-year-olds all the way up through fifth graders. And then last year, I decided that I wanted to try to be a full-time writer. So now that's what I'm doing. Awesome. Congratulations. We are lucky to have you. Thank you. So, Kyle, I would love to kind of dive in with you and talk a little bit about how your book, When Aiden Became a Brother, came to be. Can you start us off by telling us a little bit about how you came up with the seed idea for When Aiden Became a Brother? I sure can. So when I decided to write When Aiden Became a Brother, I had already had two picture books that I wrote that were coming out. My first one was called The Storytelling of Ravens, and my second book was called Explosion at the Poem Factory. And I knew that I should probably write a picture book about a transgender boy because I'm also transgender and I didn't know of any picture books about that subject yet, but I didn't really want to because I couldn't think of an interesting way to do it. And then one day I was home sick from work and I was making breakfast. I was literally in the middle of grading a potato and I had this (laughs) brainstorm and I imagined this little boy saying, this is what my room looked like when I was born. And this is what my room looks like now. And imagining a young trans kid telling you about himself in that way, instead of it being told in some other way about like the problems that he has to deal with. It's really him telling you about himself. Awesome. So you had your potato peeling moment where this idea popped into your mind that you could use like the the bedroom as a connecting point or a way into your story. Now, how did you stretch that out into a full story? It took a really, really long time. So the very first draft of what eventually turned into When Aiden Became a Brother is actually very similar to the first book in the Call Me Ma- in the Max and Friends series. Oh, so interesting. Call, yeah, so Call Me Max is very close to the very first version of Aiden. But I was having a hard time finding a publisher who wanted to buy that book. And I was trying to figure out different ways of telling the story because at that point, that way wasn't working. And I was sitting in a library and I was singing to myself, what, how would I tell this story if I had my students in front of me, if I had a class of first and second graders sitting in my library, what would I say to them? And I thought, well, I would say that when he was born, when Aiden was born, everyone thought he was a girl. And I thought, that's it. That's 
how I'm going to start this story. And I just wrote the whole thing right there. And I knew that that was going to be, and that's, that's when I wrote what became the final draft of Aiden. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So that focus on thinking about a room of first and second graders as your audience really helped you to focus your story. Yeah. And imagining talking to real children. Mm-hmm. So can you talk to us a little bit about what it felt like or your process for then choosing like which scenes and images to include in the story as it unfolded? I wish that I remembered. (laughs) But that day, A, it was a very long time ago. I think it was maybe four years ago now. Yeah. And that story just kind of flowed out of me. It kind of felt like magic. So when I went back and Mm. looked at it, I realized that I'd structured it very carefully where first we learn about Aiden's, uh, his name, his room and his clothes. Mm-hmm. And then we find out the reasons why he doesn't like his name and he doesn't like his room and he doesn't like his clothes. And then when he talks to his parents, they end up changing his name and his room and his clothes. And it goes in that same order the whole time. But then when the baby shows up, the order switches and mm. it becomes the baby's clothes, the baby's room the baby's name and oh, it's the same order just reversed. Mm-hmm. I do not know if I did that on purpose or oh, wow. happened by accident, but either way, it's very important for the story. Wow. Huh. That's a little book magic. Mm-hmm. It's like the skeleton that the rest of the book is built on. Awesome. So either specific to Aiden or for other stories that you're working on now, Um, Can you tell us a little bit about how you come up with actions, thoughts, or feelings to include in your story? How do I come up with actions, thoughts, and feelings? Well, I think that one of the most fun and challenging parts of writing a picture book is because they're so short, you have to make sure that every single word is just the right word. If you're writing a longer book, then you don't have to be quite as careful because you have more words to play around with. But in a picture book, every single word has to be just the right one. But you also can't tell the reader too much because you want them to be able to use their own brains to sort of figure out what's going on and sort of draw their own picture in their own minds about what's happening. So I always try to use the words that tell you what's happening without necessarily telling you what's happening. So like, interesting. So in the scene where Aiden needs a pink eye and it said, the pink eye looked confused. Aiden could tell that he wanted to ask a different question and was glad to have his dad there. So I say that he was feeling glad, but you also know that he's not really feeling very glad. He's maybe feeling scared. He's maybe feeling anxious. He's maybe feeling worried. But I chose the word glad because it contrasts with what we know how he's really feeling. And if and it makes you sort of feel that feel that difference of like, he's really feeling scared and anxious and worried, but there's this little bit that he's feeling glad about. Yeah, that's fascinating. So it almost sounds like as you're writing, you're thinking about the story as the combination of the words that you, the writer, put on the page, plus the words that you know the reader might be thinking in their mind and together they become the story. Yeah, well, it's because for eight years, my entire job is reading books to kids. So I know that a book isn't just the words on the page. A book is also what the person reading it has inside of them and what they bring when they're reading it. Absolutely. 
Can you talk to us a little bit about what revision is like for you? Um, (laughs) Oh, the laughter. Sometimes I like to ask kids when I'm doing school visits, how many versions or how many drafts of Aiden they think I wrote. And I ask them, hold up your hand if you think that I just wrote one draft of the story. And now hold up your hand if you think I wrote three drafts of the story. Now raise your hand if you think that it was 10 drafts. And I would say that Aiden went through probably about 20 different versions. Although probably more than that, if you count the times that I went through it and I changed just like one or two words. But there was the big drafts from the very, very first draft to the very, very, to the draft that became Aiden. But then there were lots and lots and lots of versions in between where I might just change a sentence or I might just add a few words, but it would entirely change the feeling of the story. Um, But yeah, so revisions take a long time, but I really like them. So do you write the whole story all the way through to the end? and then go back and start revising? Or do you ever revise along the way during your writing process? I I almost always write the story all the way through and then go back and revise. But sometimes I might skip back if I know that there's a sentence that didn't work quite right, or if I had a new idea that changes something that came before. Um, so I might do a little bit of revision along the way, but I usually try to finish the whole book and then go back and fix it. So also, for, go ahead. When I'm revising, especially for, so my, I have a, I have a middle grade novel coming out in April, which is much, 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 much longer than a picture book. And for that one, my editor who's working on it with me would say, okay, Kyle, so you need to change this character's relationship with this character. You also need to change the scenes with the house and you also need to change, you know, you know, make mom's character more understandable or something. And I always go back to the beginning and I change one thing all the way through. And then I go back to the beginning and I change the next thing all the way through. And then I go back to the beginning and I change the third thing all the way through. So I always revise one big issue at a time from the beginning to the end, which is not how everyone does it. It's not mm-hmm. the right way to do it. It's just the way that works for me. Yep. And so in your middle grade, that's a lot of pages, right? So you go through your many, many pages many times over. Yes. This book is about 50,000 words, whereas Aiden is not even a thousand words. So you have been working on revising for a lot of minutes and hours. Yes, this is true. So with the case of Aiden, I know, you know, it was about four years ago that you wrote it. Can you share anything that maybe changed from the first draft to what we hold in our hands today? You said the first draft was closer to the um, Call Me Max book. Yeah. So in the first draft of Aiden, I had him talking to some of his friends where he said things like, I know that I'm a boy because I really like climbing trees and looking for bugs. And then he had a friend who was a girl who said, well, I'm a girl and I like climbing trees and looking for bugs. And then similar to Max, in the first draft of Aiden, he said to a friend, I know that I'm a boy because I hate wearing dresses. And his friend said, well, I'm a boy and I really like wearing dresses. Uh, But then another thing that changed, oh, one small thing is that in the draft that became the final draft, I had a scene where he was learning to ride his bike. uh, And we ended up taking that scene out because it wasn't super important. But we kept the scene about changing divers and picking flowers instead. Awesome. Well, to close out our craft conversation, I would love to do a little bit of a speed round with you. Are you up for it? Yes. Okay. Can you name 
three different feelings that you sometimes experience while writing. I, whenever I'm writing, I always feel this sort of like light tingling feeling of excitement. And sometimes I feel like I'm stuck, like I just can't do anything more and I have to do something else. And sometimes I, hmm, I think those are my main feelings. I don't know if I have three. That's wonderful. So sometimes you feel a tingle of excitement and sometimes you feel stuck. Do you have a regular writing spot? If so, where do you do your writing? My regular use, my my regular writing spot used to be at one of a few of my favorite coffee shops that were near my apartment. And then in March, I stopped being able to go to coffee shops for reasons that I think we all know about. Mm-hmm. So then my writing spot was at the foot of my bed, sitting on my bed with my back against the wall. Um, and then I moved to, to a new apartment. And in my new apartment, I decided that my writing spot was going to be at the table that we have in the game room that faces the windows. And you mentioned earlier that one place that you have found yourself thinking about your writing is peeling potatoes. Can you (laughs) share any of the other places other than your writing spot that you sometimes might find yourself thinking about your writing? Whenever I go on walks, I really like going on long walks. And I'll sometimes go on a long walk with the goal of figuring out a problem in one of my books. Oh, interesting. So you know that's a, p- a place where your brain unlocks. So sometimes you'll go do it on purpose to see what happens. Yes. Fantastic. Well, and before we go, Kyle, can you share um, where listeners can find you online or how they can connect with you? Sure. You can find me on my website, which is Um I think most kids aren't on Twitter probably shouldn't be on Twitter. But if there's a teacher listening to this and they want to find me on Twitter, my handle is at shekels underscore library. Um, and you can also email me if you want to at kylelukoffwrites at gmail.com. But you can also email me through my website. It goes to the same email address. Wonderful. And listeners, I will put all of those places in the show notes. So if you need help finding them or remembering them later, you can always come back and check there. Kyle, do you want to share any recent or upcoming releases with us that we can look forward to? So the books that I'm allowed to talk about right now, my first middle grade novel, so that's for kids who are around nine years old up through 13 or so, is called Too Bright to See. And that book is coming up April 20th of next year. And then I have another picture book coming out in 2022, so a year after that. And that's called If You're a Kid Like Gavin. And it's a nonfiction picture book biography that I wrote with a transgender activist named Gavin Grimm, who had to fight to be allowed to use the boys' bathroom at his school. And then I have at least two more books coming out after that, but I'm not allowed to talk about them yet. Well, I can't wait until the moment of discovery when we get to find out. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us to talk writing today. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. To support the show, please subscribe on your podcatcher of choice and share the show on social media, especially taking a screenshot and sharing on your Instagram stories. Then tag me so I can see it. You can connect with me, Chrissy Wright, on Instagram and Twitter at Chrissy M. Wright. 
and follow the podcast on Instagram at author visits pod. I can't wait to learn with you and happy writing. <laughs>